0: Welcome to Positively Leading, the podcast that's all about helping you grow your resilience, leadership, and influence. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Howling, and each week we will be diving into a variety of topics related to leadership, communication, and personal growth. From feedback and accountability to diversity and inclusion, we'll explore the skills and strategies that you need to become a more effective leader. So whether you are looking to improve your communication skills, build strong relationships with your team, or simply become more confident in your role, join me on this journey of growth and discovery, and let's get Positively Leading. Hi, and welcome to this episode of Positively Leading. It is the fourth and final episode in our series of four on feedback, and specifically how we can reimagine feedback and take it from flawed to fabulous. We have explored so much in the last three episodes. We've been thinking about why feedback is really important, how it can be really hard to give and receive it well. I've shared some growth principles. I've shared also some ideas about different kinds of frameworks, both to give and also to receive feedback. And then today, we're going to be moving into thinking about a culture of feedback, and specifically how you can create one in your team or in your school or your organisation. So specifically today, we're going to cover the consequences of not having a culture of feedback. And I'm going to share six strategies that will help you to build a culture of feedback. So let's dive in with the words of Ken Blanchard. He says that feedback is the breakfast of champions. But what happens when breakfast is skipped and you grab a quick, unsatisfying mid-morning bite? Or perhaps when breakfast is a bowl of muesli when what you really wanted was waffles and maple syrup? Feedback, like breakfast, has to be tailored to what you need, when you need it, to power up and succeed. Now, it's a hot topic in the world of business and in education, and it's also really contentious complex and hard to do and it's even harder to do right and the risk of getting it wrong can be so high because when feedback is absent, irregular or just done badly it can have devastating consequences for an individual, for a team or for a school. Now in our schools our focus is and should be on students and that's where leaders regularly focus their efforts improving feedback to students in the classroom. But all of us, everyone, students and staff alike, need it to learn and grow. So by creating a culture where feedback and honesty are valued, it can really help you to boost morale and to build a thriving school. And you can increase staff and student performance and satisfaction and health and happiness all in one fell swoop. Now, I want you to visualise the importance of feedback by considering this metaphor and that is that if you were to fire a rocket to the moon but your aim was off by one percent you would actually miss the moon by almost two thousand miles so these tiny small errors can have consequences of a much greater magnitude and in your school without regular small meaningful readjustments you could miss your goals at the end of the year And having this would have a significant impact on student and staff experiences and outcomes. Often it's not only the outcomes that are affected. Often, you know, as leaders, we focus on systems and structures and programs and we design shiny new things, (laughs) new performance management or lesson observation models. But unfortunately, they can fall short of the mark. And often this is because it's compounded by the human behaviors and a lack of training in how to give and receive feedback, how to build that feedback-rich culture where we are able to share, to learn, and to grow together. Now, feedback, as we've seen in the first three episodes in the series, is ineffective if it is judgmental, if it's subjective, if it is controlling. If it's all too quickly, these can lead to fear and resentment and compliance or the appearance of compliance. Whereas actually what we really want is that culture of growth and commitment. Similarly, feedback conversations which are haphazard or wishy-washy because leaders feel ill-equipped to have the conversations despite knowing their importance, this can lead to teachers being stuck and with untapped potential. Now, in so many schools, teachers and leaders lack the training, the skills, and the confidence to give effective and meaningful feedback to colleagues. And they often feel so uncomfortable having these conversations that they say nothing. And we can cling to the hope that and the belief that things were actually going to improve on their own. So a couple of questions to you before we get started with our strategies. What or to what extent is meaningful feedback present or missing from your own leadership, your team or your school? OK, so question number one, just check in, check in with yourself. And question number two is what feedback conversation might you have been avoiding or do you need to have? And is there something you're holding back saying? So again, just check in with yourself. And then now let's think about the, the steps or the strategies, six strategies that will help you to create a powerful feedback rich Culture. Now, we've thought about in the last few episodes that feedback is a really powerful tool for professional learning and growth in any organization. And we want this culture of open, honest, and kind conversations. And I call them catalytic conversations because they're conversations that are powerful, positive, and productive. And we want to call people to greatness in a spirit of growth and in the context of strong relationships. Okay, these are the the intention that sits behind this. Now, our first idea is to create an environment where people feel safe to give and receive feedback. And this starts with you, the leader. All eyes are on you as the leader of your team, whether that's uh, the leader of a whole staff team as a senior leader or a faculty or department or year group leader as a middle leader. By asking for feedback and responding constructively to it and even rewarding it, you begin the process of normalising it. Always remembering that your title alone means that it can feel unsafe to tell you the truth. You can't just rock up and ask somebody, do you have any feedback for me or what could I do better? Because your team are unlikely to respond to that, at least not initially. Because nobody wants to be seen to criticise their boss and nobody wants to be put on the spot in that way. So ask yourself, you know, how can you consciously set it up in advance? For example, you could ask someone to watch out for certain behaviours in a meeting and feed back to you. You could ask two questions. You know, what's one thing I could do differently to be a better leader for you and how do you suggest I might do that? These two questions are just simple but powerful. And they often provide small tweaks to implement straight away. And that can show that you've listened and that you value the feedback. And at the very least, you know what the person in front of you values and needs. And when unsolicited feedback comes your way, don't shoot the messenger, as they say. Simply listen, thank them and ask for further information if required. And you can go back and see the last episode on this for tips on this too. So working hard to create an environment where people feel safe to give and receive feedback starts with you as the leader. Now, the second strategy is to build feedback into everything you do with your team. So if feedback only comes when it's corrective, it can make it much more difficult to normalise. So by making feedback a regular event with focus always on learning and growth, it can become a super powerful tool. So you could, for example, try uh, systematically asking for feedback after events and activities. It might be in person or it might be by quick survey. But the key point here is that it's not just the questions themselves, but it's the consistency of asking that builds that culture of sharing ideas and ways of improvement. I know there are some questions that you might want to try. And again, I talked briefly about these in a previous episode about learning, but five key questions. What were our intended results? What were our actual results? What caused our results? And then what will we do the same? And what will we do differently next time? So you're just building in that consistency of asking these questions, seeking strengths and seeking areas for development so that you can learn and grow. Each time you do this, you are working towards building a culture of feedback. Now, the third strategy is to be really clear about the purpose of feedback. So a common feedback mindset is I give feedback so I can fix people's problems or I can fix them. However, a much more effective mind, a feedback mindset is I give feedback and seek feedback so that we can improve our performance together. So as human beings, human beings are creative and resourceful and whole. And when this mindset underpins feedback, it can then support the development of psychological safety. Whereas on the other hand, when we see people as needing fixing or being broken and they see themselves in that way, then nobody is going to see feedback as a gift. And I talk more about this in the first two episodes in the series, because when the intention is right, when the relationship, i.e. the trust, the connection and respect is there, we can share anything. So we need to make it safe and we're calling someone to their greatness rather than fixing them so that the clarity around the purpose and the intention of the feedback is important. And this is why some of the keys for building a positive feedback culture are psychological safety, a possibilities mindset and understanding that everybody, yourself included as a leader, is a work in progress. And there's this expectation that there is a kind of iteration and there's an intention behind all feedback. It's awareness and learning and further development and growth. Okay. Now, the fourth is spotting the good. And this is around when you're working with your teams, encouraging encouraging people to spot when someone does something well and then telling them and making feedback specific. So instead of great presentation, Sarah, well done, try Sarah. You spoke with confidence and poise. The parents were engaged and you handled the question section really well, which meant the parents left happy and confident. So the more specific you can be, the more that praise is going to land. And if you catch someone doing something great, let them know in the moment. Stop and dissect it and learn from it. And you might want to use the gain framework from episode 18 or the notice and question combo from episode 18 to help here. But the more you're able to spot the good and shine a light on that to spotlight the good, helps people to feel seen, to feel heard and to, to grow even further into those strengths. So whenever possible, try and do this. And again, that research shows us how getting feedback on strengths rather than focusing on weaknesses can really catalyse learning. And neuroscience shows us how much more we learn and grow when others focus on what's working with us rather than focusing on what isn't. So spotting the good helps to build a strengths-based approach. Now, the fifth strategy is to equip leaders and teachers with the tools and strategies to give and receive effective feedback. Now, leaders are unfortunately rarely trained in feedback and when they are, normally it's only one way, how to give feedback. So the training might include how to observe a lesson and tell a teacher what they did well and what they might need to improve. So we're observing, delivering feedback and we're moving on. However, but For feedback to be not just effective, but super powerful, we want to be building in a a dialogue, not a monologue, with all staff trained in how to give and receive feedback. And if teachers and leaders have a feedback for dialogue, then they can seek to explore, to understand and develop that, you know, co-construct a plan of action. And then feedback then becomes a powerful force for learning and for culture building and collaboration. So you're getting like a win-win there with this strategy. And then the sixth and final one is strengthening the feedback muscle. So in building a culture of open and clear communication, you know, boundaries and accountability and strong relationships, feedback is key. According to Gallup, employees who receive frequent meaningful feedback are four times more likely to be engaged than their peers and they are four times more likely to perform better at work. So we want to be building and strengthening the feedback muscle and we do that with timely and frequent conversations my motto was always to have 21 minute conversations rather than have one 20 minute conversation now it's just the time taken would be the same but those shorter focused conversations could have a much greater positive impact on relationships and results and as a bonus having faster more frequent feedback conversations also means you can better balance feedback over time so there is more appreciative feedback than praise and criticism. So remember that positive psychology research suggests a ratio of at least three to one to keep us well but moving towards five to one positive versus negative to help us to really truly thrive. So strengthening that feedback muscle enables us to do that 21-minute conversations rather than one 20-minute one. So taking these six steps and implementing these six strategies can really help to improve team and school capacity and can promote that culture of learning and excellence as well. So that's a wrap for today. And also it's a wrap for the series of four on feedback. So let's just look back over the time that we've spent on these four episodes. In episode 17, we reimagined feedback and explored my core growth principles. In episode 18, we explored how to give feedback that feels good, that people want to receive and that makes a difference. And again, some strategies there to support you with that. Episode 19 was about how to receive feedback, even if you didn't ask for it and you don't agree. And then today, how to build a culture of feedback in your team or your school. Now, so many leaders and schools that I work with struggle with this, hence this four-parter. And it genuinely is my heartfelt hope that it has helped in some way, shape or form. And if you are interested in learning more about how to build a culture of feedback, learning and growth beyond what I've covered on this podcast, please send me an email or a message to sarah at sarahowling.com because I have a range of programs for coaching and training that can support you in this area. So until next time, keep on positively leading. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Positively Leading. I hope you found it helpful in your journey to becoming a better leader. And if you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving a review on your favourite podcast platform. Your feedback not only helps me grow, but also helps others discover the podcast and join our community of positive leaders. And if you'd like to work with me, you can head over to sarahowlin.com to find out how. Thanks once again for listening. And remember, the world needs more brilliant leaders just like you. So keep on positively leading.